Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. going to read the Bible together now, so if you have your Bibles with you, feel free to turn to Colossians. And we're going to read from chapter. Th- we're going to be reading, sorry, from chapter three, um, verse eleven to the first verse of chapter four. If you don't, it's fine. We've got the the passage on the screen. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all, and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and and songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to carry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your servants with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and happy Father's Day. I hope you're having a great day to all the dads, particularly in the context of how we work so hard 364 days of the year, serving other people, loving other people, providing for other people. It's great that we get one day, isn't it? One day for other people to just be thankful. If I haven't set that up enough for you guys, I'm sorry. But um, I hope you have a great day. 
we have a long passage we're looking at. We're continuing in our series, in the My Church series, looking through the book of Colossians and what it says to churches like us in this is the church God wants us to be. I'm going to pray now that God will help us to understand that and to be the church he wants us to be, uh, and then we'll talk about it. Dear Father God, we thank you for this day, that we can be here as family, that uh, even with Father's Day, uh, at this t- occasion where we think about family, Lord, we thank you that we can be here with our brothers and sisters in Christ, that you are our Father God, a good Father God, and you steer us in ways that are good for us. And I pray that this morning this will be a journey for us where we can experience your love, to see what it means to be a follower of you with your people. Amen. There is some challenging times around when we do question what, is, what does it mean to be in community, particularly in these COVID times where often we're restricted from being with other people, particularly being with people we love. And I think it has forced us to evaluate what does community mean to me? When I'm separated from somebody, are we still in community or still have that relationship? I want to show you an ad. Uh, You've probably seen it before, but I think it captures a whole lot of ideas of what we're talking about this morning. So I'm hoping we're just going to flick to an ad. probably should have warned you about parts of that ad. Um, 
But I hope you see there's, it actually, from the start of the year, it actually, I really warmed to that for a whole bunch of reasons. Because I think it brings out a few different things of how we feel about community. That we actually are united. We love being around people. We don't like being divided. We love being with others. There's a sense of unity that we uh, crave for and enjoy, that we experience, that we long for to be accepted, to be with others even if it's around the love of lamb. There's a sense of unity that we crave for. But also in an ad like this, I think it warms our hearts because it also picks up the idea of diversity, that Australia is a very diverse place. And when we come together, something magic happens. You know, the United States of Australia. No, we're just Australia. It's like, it's, we're all in this. We're one. We're one tribe. We're all together. And we like the feeling of that. I also think there's a little nod to how messy it is as well. You know, the wall breaks down, the husband goes to his wife and she awkwardly introduces uh, him to another man. The idea of the mother telling the daughter, oh yeah, I told you they were strange. Like there's acknowledgement, man, there's some weirdos out there. Uh, also identifying the, the latte sipping yuppie sort of, he's there at the wall but he's not really helping, he's there but oh, we'll tolerate him. The diversity, but the unity, but also the messiness of all that is not just a happy story. There's actually, it's complicated. To be unified by a lamb is kind of nice, a nice idea, but to actually think through what would it take for this to happen. Now, the idea of this unity and diversity and coming together, this family and united front and belonging is something the Bible talks a lot about and it is what the church is meant to look like. So the Bible talks about the unity and diversity, but, but we are one, we're family. This is our tribe through Jesus. But the way the Bible sets it up is, it is a bit like that ad. It's going, you enjoy the unity, you enjoy the oneness, the trust and the love for one another, the acceptance, a place to belong, that you deserve to be here through Jesus that you are part of the family, a legitimate part of the family because of Jesus. It paints a brilliant picture of what church is like. And then, with that image in mind, we rock up to church, we're sitting in here, we look around and going, oh, I feel a bit uncomfortable, nobody's talking to me. Actually, that's, that image is not what I experience. Actually, I'm not sure whether church lives up to what it's called to be or what it claims to be. So what, what are we meant to do with that? with our experience of church being that perfect big family when it doesn't live up. This passage speaks to a lot of those issues of what we're called to be, but also how to get there. Not just you are called to belong, so it's, for, it's a personal message for you, how you can belong and the change that's got to happen there, but also for us as a church, how can we be a church where others belong? So there's a couple of messages going on here. So how does this work and how can we get there? So we're going to work through this passage. There's a couple of things um, that come out of this. And one is the unity and diversity issue. It's not pretending. The Bible doesn't pretend that we're all the same, so we should be happy and just... You know, wear smiles on our face. There's a level of diversity. This very first verse we're, we're headed to, chapter 3 from verse 11, where Paul says here, and he's talking, so this, is, this guy Paul's writing a letter to the church in Corinth. This is first century Roman Empire. Uh, 
he's laying out the plan for the church. He says, here, meaning the church, there is no Gentile, Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and he's in all. Now here he's picking up lots of reasons why we could be separated. And in fact, in the first century in the Roman Empire, they are very separated. The idea of a Jew and Gentile, you know, the, our idea of Jews, you know, in Jerusalem, they wear funny clothes, they have all these funny traditions, that's what we think of today, uh, not that different back 2,000 years ago. And the Jews were very exclusive. If you weren't a Jew, you were called a Gentile and you were kept at arm's length. Jews were not meant to associate with Gentiles. Jews did not do business with Gentiles. Jews didn't uh, go into Gentile towns. Jews didn't live in the same street as Gentiles. You get the picture? They really don't get on. Culturally, they are extreme. Jews, you know, circumcised or uncircumcised. Uh, it, it's talking about their relig- in the religious context. Uh, so Jews are circumcised, Gentiles uncircumcised. We don't want to be not just in socially, out on the street, but even in their synagogue. So their synagogues, like the early church, uh, before Jesus came along, they had these synagogues. They were separated. Only Jews could go, for many of the synagogues, only Jews could go in. If you're a Gentile and wanted to hear about the Bible, you would have to stay outside. In fact, the segregation was even more than that. If we'd gone into a synagogue around the time of Jesus, there'd be men on one side and women and children on the other side. You couldn't even mix genders. They were very separate. So you had this mixture of, um, there's this separation, even within what we could call a church, but the synagogues back then. For the barbarians and Scythians, uh, they're two different nationalities, different people groups that lived around in that Middle Eastern area in the first century. And they were constantly, this going back hundreds of years, constantly in battle with each other constantly um, doing deals. Sometimes they even got together to overthrow another nation. They tried to throw e- overthrow Egypt at one point. But they all were always uh, trying to get the upper hand over each other. You could not, if you're a, a, a barbarian, you would not trust a Scythian or vice versa. Because they had hundreds of years of, of battles and wars against each other. And even the slave or free is extreme. In a culture of where class is really important, yeah, upper class, lower class, are you a master or a slave? Big distinction. So uh, even in, in the churches there, uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, it talks about um, people getting seats of honour. So in their synagogues or now in their church, now that they believe in Jesus, they call the church, the masters would go in first to a church. They would grab the seats and the seats of honour. And when the, then the slaves would come in last, there was no seats for the slaves. So the slaves would sit at the master's feet inside the church. That's how church was done because that's how society functioned back then. These just aren't random names. Paul's going whether you're talking about culturally, religiously, from a nationality or even your social structures... That, that's huge out in the world, the distinctions. But in here, it's different. We don't do that in here. He says, but, we, but Christ is all and he's in all. Now, I wonder here, we go, oh, look, that's first century. It's a long time ago. Pretty primitive back then, socially. Now, we're just, 
we're more educated, more acceptable, we, we, uh, we're beyond that. We don't have those issues. Until you start thinking about our tribes in a church like this. So you have marrieds and singles, kids, no kids, uh, vaccinated, unvaccinated, how we have our coffee. You know, it's interesting to be around the coffee, you know, all different coffee orders, you know, do you want this milk, that milk, the different amounts of milk, the latte, the one shot, two shot, half a shot. Um, we actually have our coffees in, in cardboard cups so we don't see what other people are happening, uh, so we don't have that segregation. I might have made that up. But it's kind of like we want to remove division, but we, we also have our tribes that we're naturally drawn to, that we go, hey, this is, this is my tribe. So after church, we'll go to my tribe where I'm comfortable. So we kind of ticketed seating and sort of sometimes shuffle that up a bit. We get in different seats, but often we fall into these traps without even knowing it too. But the difference is, it's not just we're unified because um, we should be. There's actually something significant that's gone on, very significant in first century, but even now for us, there's something significant that takes us from being outsiders or segregators or in a minority to actually part of the family, that you do belong, that you are legitimately uh, one with each other and this idea that Christ is at the centre. How much, I love my lamb, but it's better than the lamb. It's actually Christ does something. And it's not just a common cause. It's not just we're here just because of Jesus. No, it's actually because of the work of Jesus, the work he's done, but also the work he's doing in each of us. This is where he goes on to explain. So there's, there's unity and diversity. And we also, I think we should also acknowledge that we should expect diversity in a church as well by saying this, that Paul, by Paul saying that, he's going, no, church is just for this group of people. I think for us, diversity is good for us. But this idea of Christ working in us to bring us unified it is a, a much more significant thing. When he goes on, this is backtracking just a little bit um, to the passage we were looking at last week. Uh, and he's talking about how you used to be and how you now are. When he says you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator." This old self, new self. It's actually a, a new world perspective. We've been using this image of the universe to explain this. See, at one point, without Jesus, or in our, in our natural body, in our natural manhood, you might say, it's a natural for us to make us the centre of our universe. That we are, the world revolves around us. Life's about me and making me happy. And that's the the fruit of a good life. It's all about me. So I'm at the centre of the universe, so it's my time, it's my money, it's my family, it's my stuff, all revolve around me like planets orbiting the sun. And if everything's in balance, all the planets align, that means I'm happy. It's my happy place. But what happens if I'm the centre of my universe 
and things get a bit out of whack. All of a sudden, I've got money issues. I've got family issues. I've got time pressures. All of a sudden, the planets aren't aligned anymore. And what do I do? How do I respond when it's all about me and, and things aren't going my way? Well, I do things like this. I get angry. I even get rage. Why aren't these things working out at me? And I actually try and fix the problem. I point things at the problem. So malice, I want to take it out on somebody. I want to get somebody to fix my problem for me. To even to the point of possibly slandering someone. Even to the point of having filthy language against them. Even lying against them. Because they've mucked up my world. So I'll take it out on somebody else to try and get my planets aligned. That's what happens when we make us the centre of the universe. When it's all about me. And things, people don't understand. People don't do things what I want. I get upset. But Paul's saying, this is how you used to walk. You used to walk in this. Something has happened. And he's flagged it here. Uh, he says, uh, take off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. It's like, no, take you out of the centre. You're not the centre of the universe. Actually, Jesus is much bigger than you. He's Lord. He's much greater than you. Put Jesus at the centre of, of the universe and see how things change. Because we pick it up in verse 12. He says, therefore, talking to the church, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. It's like God doesn't need you. He doesn't need you to revolve around him for him to find fulfillment and happiness. But he chooses you. He's chosen you and drawn you in. He uses these words, holy. Holy just means you're set apart from God. You're not common or out in the world anymore, but you're special to God. Even uses the word dearly loved to God. So God's invited you into his world where he is at the centre. When you do that, when we start orbiting around Jesus, he says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There's a, there's a shift here, isn't there? From going, the world's all about me and my happiness, but now, if I've got Jesus at the centre, it's not about me. In fact, the, the Bible uses this word one another a lot. It's a big theme, that we interact with one another. That we are not just one planet revolving around the sun, but in the universe, there are lots of planets revolving around the sun. They've all been called by Jesus. They're all loved by Jesus. They're all drawn in by Jesus. So we're not, we're not created to orbit or, or be alone. But in fact, we are created to be in community, to be with others revolving around Jesus. So with all these instructions, you can't do this stuff. How can you be compassionate, kind, and be humble and gentle by yourself? Who are you going to do that to? He says, no, you're in community with others, with Jesus at the centre, this is what it looks like to orbit around him. Be compassionate, be kind, have humility, have, be gentle and patient. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, it's, it's pointing back to Jesus at the centre. Have you experienced these things from Jesus? Kindness, forgiveness, acceptance. If you've experienced from Jesus, uh, show how you're orbiting by sharing that with others, that orbiting around Jesus as well. 
But he also says, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. It's like love is the overarching thing. It's, it's like love is the gravitational pull that we have. The, the, if Jesus is the sun and the earth is us, or we are the earth, it's like there's a gravitational pull that holds us in there. What holds us to Jesus? It's his love for us. It's his love shown through the cross. That he died for us. That he reached out for us when we we're undeserving. That he forgave us. That he gave us life. It's that incredible love that we need to keep coming back to, to reorbit around him, to know his love for us. But also, in the solar system, the planet's gravitational pull affect each other as well. And that the love is not just between me and God, it's just not a, a private thing, but it's a, a communal thing. We share it all together as we all orbit around him. It's this love that binds us all together, glues us together. It's the gravitational pull that holds us together. This is an amazing picture of church, how we're all orbiting around Jesus. And just a couple of things to notice from this. There's no room here for believing church doesn't matter. Like, this really matters, the way Paul's uh, outlining it. You know, the, uh, the attitude of, oh, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. So church, I can be a Christian and church thing, well, that's kind of optional. I, I can do it, but I don't have to do it. In fact, church is awkward, I'd rather not do it. it but I'm still a Christian. It's kind of like, that's not an option in this picture. If you uh, cling to Jesus, the orbit to Jesus, they show kindness and compassion to one another and support one another. It's not just about me. It's Jesus' church. Now, it's again, to repeat, it's not just because we have a common interest. It's actually Jesus does this work in our hearts. Not just my heart, but all our hearts. We're on this journey together. Jesus actually changed us, impacted us, that we can have this kind of new relationship. So there is diversity but an amazing unity we've got to acknowledge here in this church context. Paul goes on to flesh out a little bit more. What does this actually look like in the way we conduct ourselves when we gather as our church or when we scatter, when we leave the building on a Sunday morning? He starts off by showing uh, when we're gathered, this is what we're focusing on. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you're called to peace. And be thankful. So just, I'll give you the heads up. There's a lot of Jesus in this stuff. Jesus is, if he's the centre, if he's like the centre of our universe, why should we meet here? Because of Jesus. So let the peace of Jesus Christ rule in our hearts. So that's, that's why we're here. As members of one body, we're called to peace. We are orbiting with the gravitational pull of Jesus' love and we love each other for each other peace with each other and be thankful again we're putting jesus if you're thankful to somebody doing something it's kind of like i'm honoring you respecting you for that and that's what we see uh, to be thankful in jesus if you read the book of colossians the letter of colossians from front to back over and over you'll see this idea of being thankful just comes up over and over and over again and i think it is because it's just saying you need to be jesus is the reason you you where you're at and to be thankful for him for that. Put him in the centre. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. I'll just stop there for a sec. 
the message of Christ to dwell in us. I mean, we shorthand it, call it the gospel. The, the message of Jesus, how he's created us, owned us, calls us, he dies for us to bring us back. It's this message of Jesus' love for us that is our central point. The idea of having it dwell among us, we want to make that message of Jesus live in us individually, live in us as a church. Everything we do here is going to be centred around Jesus, reminding us of Jesus, that this is what changes us, this is what grows us, this is what gives us life. So how are we going to let the message of Christ live among us Richly, we're going to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. There's that idea of thankfulness again. So even through our singing, we are saying thanks to God. And God, we're recognising that you are an amazing God. Magnificent, we sang this morning. It's like... We're seeing this to you, God, in gratitude, in thankfulness, because we want to put you at the centre of our universe. But we're also seeing to one another, not just because we like hearing each other's voices, but this is a way where we're teaching one another. We're bringing each other towards Christ. It's not just about me and my experience during the songs, and I can sing if I want and get into it if I want. I'm not really a singing person so I'll just you know I'll be here because this is something church does but it's actually we're called to sing to each other to say the words to each other this is your opportunity if you ever dreamed of being a preacher this is your opportunity to be a preacher to those around you the scripts even on the screen the words are there as we sing to each other Jesus is magnificent for what he did he defeated the grave does that change the way that you think about singing. Yeah, I know with the mask it's hard to breathe and things like that, but actually it's important for us to be proclaiming that to one another, affirming that in my heart and thankfulness to God, but affirming that to all my brothers and sisters here. This is truth. So to actually do that well matters. We really believe this. We're going to proclaim it to each other. So through our singing, uh, he says, pick it up in 17, whatever you do, whether word or deed. So even if you are speaking the words of the gospel, talking to people about Jesus' death and resurrection, or whether you're doing stuff together, you know, the, the yard and yarn, you're cleaning the yard together, whether you're serving on kids' church, proclaiming the message of Jesus, whether you're serving on coffee or cleaning the toilets, in word or deed, why do we do all this stuff? Because we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. He's at the centre. He's the reason why we do what we do. Giving thanks again, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's Jesus that is the centre of what we do, who we are, when we gather. We need to be really clear on that. It's easy to make church about a whole lot of other things. But when we gather, we need to make clear we're about Jesus. What about when we scatter? It's all right, I can do the Christian thing on Sunday morning, but what about where we leave here? Paul's very practical in this. He says some things, and possibly some of the most controversial verses of the Bible that would spend a lot of time working through. But he says, wives, submit to your husband. Actually, what I'll do here, it's easy to see this and get prickly about it. I don't like what he says here. So I'm not sure whether I agree. Actually, we can get caught up on things that he is saying or what he's not saying. I'll just do a little help. I'll just highlight 
a common theme here that might help give us the message to see what he is saying, what he's not saying. So when he says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband as fitting to the Lord. Again, it's putting Jesus at the centre. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, as there is no favouritism. Masters, provide for your slaves what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Now notice what he's not saying. He's actually not saying, oh, if you're a wife and I'm calling you to submit yourself to your husband, this is what it looks like. Bang, 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 bang. We want to go, what's the rules? What do I have to do and don't? Because I'm feeling uncomfortable at this point. I think Paul actually leaves it open for a whole lot of good reasons. One being, this will look differently in different cultures in different times. And it's actually, even in different households, this could look differently. That's, there's, there's a whole lot of gaps in this we need to recognise. But there's a whole lot of things he wants to affirm with a heavy message. If we're doing our life revolving around Jesus, it matters when we're here and gathered, but it also matters when we scatter, scatter at home, at work. We're still revolving our lives around Jesus. That's going to look different from one person to the next. But we've got to wrestle with it. We've got to talk through it. But it is important to recognise, to recognise that it's having, holding Jesus at the centre. Any questions on that? Come and talk to me afterwards. But um, I hope you see the centrality of Jesus in all of life. Our unity, diversity, gathered and scattered. Now, I just want to pull this together because we are talking about this book of Colossians and what does this look like for us as a church? And some of the, the my commitment stuff is something that we ask our new members to say, hey, this is what I'm signing up to do, or all our members to do that. And it talks about, I'll seek to express my membership uh, by connecting and caring with others in the Southside community and by submitting myself to the care and instructions of those in leadership. It's kind of like we, are, we, we do want to commit to loving and caring for each other. But we also want to acknowledge our leaders are there leading us as a church to love and care for us. They're not doing it uh, just for their own power, but, uh, but to do what they think is best for us. Now, this is where I think... The solar system, I'm going to flog the solar system illustration all morning this morning, but I think it's actually really helpful because it actually shows that we are, as individuals, have a connection with God, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But we're also doing it together as a bunch of planets revolving around the sun. We do this together. We do life together. And notice it's not just an in-church thing we're together. It's even when we're scattered, we are to be doing life together as well. 
God is involved in all our life, gathered and scattered, even when you're home. And we should be encouraging each other, whether we're here on Sunday morning or every other day of the week, that we want to be helping each other. It's very difficult. If, we, if I put up a description, I didn't go into all this detail, but if I put up a description of all the planets, which planet are you? Do you feel like Pluto that's out there? I don't know whether anybody even notices me. I'm so far from this community. I could be here or not here, nobody even notices. Actually, I don't even know if you noticed in this diagram, there is no Pluto. It's like, uh, I don't know, they come, they go, we don't even know who they are, we don't know anything about him. He's just gone. I would like Neptune. Neptune's out on the fringe. Oh, you know, he'll come in line with the planets every now and again, but he's sort of out there. Um, he's not really in close as far as he's not connected, but we know he's there. He's just out on the fringe, you know, and turns up every now and again, but I don't really know him. We could be like Uranus, the next planet in. Uh, we know why Uranus is on his own, don't we? Have to spell that one out with a name like that. Um, he's, he, he might choose to be out on his own. But the diversity here, it's Father's Day, give me a bit of slack here. The, the diversity amongst us should not divide us. But yet, we're all got stories, we're all got journeys, we're all got backgrounds, we all are different. So if you're sitting here this morning and you feel like you're different, you don't fit in with everybody else, there's a part of that that's natural. People can keep an eye on you. You're usually kept safe. If you're wandering astray, somebody's there to go, hey, that's getting unsafe, you're going near a rip, come back in. Somebody's keeping a close eye on you. And that's how the church functions. We can put up the flags to go, hey, we want to love for you, care for you, make sure you're going okay, but that's best in a community. Can you swim between the flags, be involved in a growth group? If you're not able to, for whatever reason or choose not to, it's like swimming outside of the flags, we may miss you, is the reality. We can't promise that we can look after you when you're outside of the community. And that's been a challenge for us. I think we've got to acknowledge, uh, as somebody who's been through this church, going from, you know, 15 people, 30 people, 60 people, 250 people, it's a case of how do we know each other, love each other, serve each other, pastoral care for each other and we've had to adjust to that and a part of that and I think I can say for Kim and I is a bit of grief because at one time we used to have everybody over at our house, we used to know them, have them over regularly and uh, watch their kids, each of the kids grew up, we used to know all their names, there's no chance we can actually do that effectively now, now a lot of people feel the same as us that, that things have changed, but it's changed for the good because we've got more people coming in relationship with Jesus, coming into our church family. It's the best place to be a part of this. But as we grow, the organic nature of that love and um, care for each other needs some structure so we don't miss people. So can I ask you, to? it actually takes work from your end as well to be connected, to be in relationship. Say, I want to be here, I want to know people. 
And we try and facilitate that. We've had the family dinners, which call this Hospitality Month. Basically, not to fill up your calendar, but just to say, hey, why don't you hang out with each other? This is a good thing to do. We really love it, really enjoy it. And I love hearing feedback from where people get together and touch base with each other. It's doing church, doing life together with Jesus at the centre. In a few moments, we're going to uh, share what we call the Lord's Supper. It's where Jesus called uh, his people to, to do regularly, looking back at what Jesus has done, why he's at the centre of our universe, but also looking forward looking forward as a people group for when he comes home. But I'm going to pray first and then we'll walk through that. Dear Father God, we just thank you for your amazing love for us, that you don't leave us out drifting, but you call us into a relationship with you. I thank you for your amazing love, that gravitational pull, for choosing us, for drawing us in. Lord, we confess to you that uh, we wish it was easier to walk in your ways, not to be distracted by other things and pulled in different directions. We also confess that it's hard living in community, that with the diversity of people, some people we don't always get on with or hard work, but Lord, give us your heart. Give us your heart to see them as brothers and sisters, to to encourage them and build them up in their walk with you to hear what they're going through, to pray with them, to be actually showing the grace of God to others that we've experienced. Lord, help us as individuals to experience that here at church. But Lord, also help us to stand up and make Southside the church that lives this out. So when people come in here, when people see us, they go, this is something I can see is different to the world. This is somewhere where I can see the Spirit of God really at work. Lord, use us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.